It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. I'm Vanessa Grace, your host. I feel like it has been a while since we have been together. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have been mostly vacant the last month of October, just kind of like not there. So, and if you also listen to my podcast episode every week, you know that there were two podcast episodes that just didn't happen in October. And you were probably wondering like, what happened? So I have been sick for most of October. I got the flu and then it turned into bronchitis. And after the first week of the flu, um, you can fast forward like 30 seconds or a minute if you don't care about this stuff, which is totally fine. But if you care, just it'll be like 30 seconds or a minute. So um, I was sick with the flu for the first week and then I started getting better and I was like, yay, I'm on the mend, cool. And that happened in that pattern where I would get better and then I would crash with getting a temperature again or um, getting really, really exhausted again. And that happened for like two weeks. So then after about, um, you know, two full weeks of being sick, maybe a little bit more, I was like, I'm not getting better. This pattern of getting better for a little while and then getting worse and then getting better and then getting worse sucks. So I went to the doctor and that's when I found out I had bronchitis and I got medication and I have not had a temperature, yay, since I started taking the medication. And today is kind of like my first day back at work and I'm recording a podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. See, there's the cough. Um, that's about as bad as my cough really got, even though it was bronchitis. So I'm back at work and I'm trying to wrap my brain around things because when you dip out of your creative space for a month and you can't really think straight, you're kind of confused when you're coming back. And so um, today's podcast took me a lot more time to prep because I actually had to think through it a couple times what I was saying. And it's not that what I'm going to talk about today is super confusing. It is that my brain doesn't work as well. And so if I sound jumbly or confused or cannot find a word that I want to say, that's why my brain is just coming back online. So with all of that said, let's get started talking about today's topic of family secrets. And so often, if you are a person with codependent tendencies, there is a family secret in your history. Now, maybe it's not a secret anymore, but it at least once was. And that is probably part of why you have codependent tendencies, are still codependent, you know, wherever you're at on the continuum. So let's go over what are the signs of having a family secret. So the first one is that there is obviously something that you were never supposed to tell other people. And maybe this thing would have been perceived to be culturally or socially embarrassing. Um, but it was also usually something that was having a really big impact at home because, you know, one of your parents farting all the time would be culturally embarrassing for the parents for you to share, but it's not like that is having a detrimental psychological impact on the kids. I mean, I could make a lot of jokes right now, but I think I'm just going to go right past them. So really the family secret is something that you're never supposed to tell, but that is having a big impact at home. So another sign of a family secret is that you just understood that you were not supposed to tell anybody about this. Or you were specifically told that you were not supposed to tell anyone about this thing. Um, another sign that there was some family secrets or a family secret is that when you thought about this thing, you felt embarrassed or you felt shameful. Maybe you felt guilty. Maybe you felt dirty. Maybe you wondered if this thing 
was your fault. And so it was just laden in all of these emotions that feel like blame and inadequacy and that you just want to hide. That is another sign that this is a family secret. And sometimes, this isn't an always for a family secret, but sometimes even the people that lived together with the secret were denying that this thing even existed. And you would know that they were denying it because they either never talked about it or um, if you were to if you were to talk about it or if somebody else talked about it, then you or that person was said, you know, it was kind of like you're misinformed. You you don't remember the situation accurately. This is what actually happened. Why are you spreading lies? Like you were kind of shut down or told to readjust your memory or, you know, a lot of other ways of basically saying you're wrong, shut up. And that is essentially gaslighting. And so the denial occurred by either telling you to forget it, ignore it, or that you don't remember it correctly, or that other people never talked about it. Um, another sign of family secrets is that if you ever told anyone, which sometimes happens in families with secrets, because they are very hard to bear because of the repercussions of them normally, um, if you ever told, or even if another family member ever thought that you told, there were serious repercussions for you. And these serious repercussions could involve abuse. They like physical abuse or psychological abuse. And a lot of what I'm about to say is psychological abuse. Or you could have an increase in your restrictions. Like maybe you kind of got grounded um, or maybe you got more chores heaped on you. Like it's your fault that this secret got told. So you are getting everybody's chores. Um, maybe you were blamed if there were, if you actually did tell and there were repercussions from, from that telling, then maybe the family blamed you for the repercussions rather than the fact that whoever had the issue that everyone was trying to cover up for, they're the person that actually caused the problem. And so they're the source of the problem, but now rather than that person bl being blamed, you're being blamed. And so that can do a little psychological trickery on you and make you like, again, deny reality. So if you were seen as holding, seen as holding, this is what I was talking about with my brain. If you were seen as telling or actually did tell, you could be shunned by your family, or maybe they ignore you, they don't talk to you, they give you the silent treatment, they're passive aggressive, um, all the different ways that a person can be shunned. You could be shamed, and shame can just come in the form of like body language or the frequency of which someone speaks to you or how someone looks at you. So the family could be externally looking like they're functioning normally, but then one person could just give you a look away from everyone else that no one else saw that was a shaming look. And now you are getting repercussions because they perceive you as having told or you actually did tell. And so, and that's kind of like bullying, like um, using their power over you, even within the family. And then the, like I kind of already said this, but um, another way that you can tell that you have a family secret is if you tell it, the, tam the family turns against you and you're the odd one out. You're the problem. It's not that a person is creating a problem and it's all this chaos and no one's ever supposed to talk about it. It's that you told that's the problem. So we're going to blame you. And that person can oftentimes... If that, if that person continues to be the same person who chooses to talk about the family secret, either within the family that's trying to deny it or outside in the world, outside of the family, if that continues to be the same person, that person is often seen as the black sheep within the dysfunctional family system. Okay. For some of you listening who have family secrets, 
And maybe those family secrets haven't even been told yet by you or another person in your family. This episode could be like really upsetting. You could be feeling nervous right now. You could be feeling shame. You could be feeling worried that, oh my God, like if my family even knew I was listening to this right now, they would freak out and just listening to it would be um, enough for them to like work against me and do all the things I just said about like shunning and blaming and restricting and feeling embarrassed and all those things. But your family, <coughs> excuse me, your family doesn't know that you're listening to this right now. Your family is unaware that you are working on yourself in this way, unless you've told them. But listening to this podcast episode is not in and of itself dangerous to you. And so just take a deep breath. And these emotions are coming up, not because of me or this information, but because those emotions were there all along. Those emotions were already in you. And if they're coming up right now, it's because they're asking to be healed. And by continuing to listen to this podcast, you can learn more about the situation that you were raised with and yourself. And just listening to the information that I have to say can in and of itself be healing for you because it gives you a chance to acknowledge. So stick with me, even if you're feeling uncomfortable. Let's talk about the impact of being raised in a family where you are expected to keep some big secret or a series of secrets. Okay, it can often cause you to question um, what you see in your current reality. And you wonder, is what's happening right now real? Is this actually true? And that can happen because so frequently a person who has experienced whatever secret they are supposed to be keeping is often expected to question their reality and deny their reality. And so that can follow them into adulthood. Um, they can also, second impact that it can have, on you is that you can question if your past actually happened. You can say to yourself about a memory that pops up that you haven't thought about in a long time or you just remembered and you're like, oh my gosh, is that really a memory or am I just making that up? Did any of that ever really happen? I literally cannot count how many times a statement just like that one has been said to me in a therapy session or a coaching call session with someone where they are like, I don't know if this is real. Am I just making all of this up? Like, why would I think of that? Oh my gosh, I can't tell. And it's because they have no um, frame of reference for this happening because no one else ever talked about it. It was a thing that wasn't allowed to exist, and so it was ignored or denied and then never spoken about again. And so there was no place to put this memory in this person's personal timeline, you know, like of their life. I personally think about my lifetime timeline like frequently and kind of my earmarks are like what houses I lived in. My earmarks are what school I was enrolled in. My earmarks were who are my friends. My earmarks are, you know, how old did I feel at the time? And I can place my memories at appropriate places in the timeline because I have so many reference points because my family talked about things a lot. Um, and not that my family has like no family secrets. That's untrue. But I do actually remember my childhood. I'm not... Um, one of the people in the world who does not remember their childhood. So I'm glad that I do remember my childhood and I can place things within the time frame of my childhood. But a person who had to keep a secret, they had to deny a lot of things to themselves. And so they just don't know if it's true when they remember stuff. Uh, so a third thing that can happen is that because you are expected to deny a truth. So there's this truth in your house and you have to keep it secret 
but when you go out into the world, you have to deny it. So you have to pretend that it doesn't exist and that you're just absolutely fine. And so that means that you have to kind of like sever your awareness within yourself and just keep going despite reactions inside of you. And so that means that you can cut off kind of normal human danger signals. And so when your nervous system goes off, like danger, fight, flight, freeze, sometimes that can get caught off under certain circumstances or altogether. Everyone is so diverse in this area, there is no one answer. Because sometimes it gets heightened and sometimes it gets lessened and sometimes it does both within the same person under different circumstances. We're just so complicated, right? But you can't have your normal human danger signals um, kind of like severed or lessened or they happen, but then you learn to ignore them because you had to ignore them to keep the secret. And then you can also cut yourself off from just kind of like gut instincts within yourself where you're just like aware of something. But again, you have to just ignore it to keep the secret, which can also lead to layers of cutting yourself off from your intuition and cutting yourself off from empath signals. If you're an empath, you guys know I love talking about that. And so because there has been this cutting off and ignoring of all of these things that I'm saying, you can end up not trusting them and you can take that into adulthood and then you end up getting hurt more. There can be all these social situations where those signals of the gut instinct and the intuition and the normal human danger signals of fight, flight, or freeze, they're activating within you or they're trying to activate within you, but they're either not working because you've been ignoring them for so long to survive because it was a survival skill, or you, um, you know, you're ignoring them. And so when you, when they go off within you or you ignore them, and then what they were trying to save you from happens, you end up having, (coughs) excuse me, a lot of those happening. And it feels like, it can feel like, why is there a sign on my back saying, Take advantage of me, kick me, um, you know, do what you want with me because apparently the universe is against me. The world is against me. And it can feel like that because you have to plug back into your system. And I don't blame you that your system isn't fully functional. Your family unintentionally asked you to ignore it. And so you did. But you can get it back over time by listening to it slowly. And I think I've talked about a lot of different ways to listen to it in other episodes. But the impact is not just, you know, like questioning your current reality and questioning your past, but it's denying your own safety mechanism system within you that can make you get hurt more and feel like the world is against you, which totally blows, right? Okay, so far I have been talking about family secrets where you keep the secret from the world at large, but not really specifically about within the house. So now I want to talk about within the house. All the people who live in this house maybe know the secret, but maybe not because sometimes there's sex abuse happening um, or physical abuse happening and it's covert. And so only the victim and the perpetrator know about it and none of the other people know. But sometimes everybody in the family knows that it's happening. Like if there is an addiction going on, everyone in the house is probably going to know that there is an addiction going on. And even little kids that you hide it from know something is up because kids always know more than you think they know. They just always know more than you think they know. So now we're talking about within the same house. So if within your home that has this secret, if you are even keeping the secret from each other and denying the secret within the house, there it, it can have a lot of other repercussions as well. Because at least if you're talking about it within the house, you know that it's real. 
Um, but if you're not allowed to talk about it in the house, then that brings up even more questions of what is real. And so that's a really important distinction. Um, so if, if family members aren't talking about it, it's not an allowed topic, you get shut down, you get denied, you get, you know, you get gaslit and told that you're not remembering that connect correctly. What this does is it increases your stress because now in your childhood, you don't know if your reality is real or if this is happening in your adulthood, you can also not know if your reality is real. You can feel like you're losing your mind. This elephant in the room scenario, it's so big. It's taking up so much of your life. It takes so much energy to deny its existence. You can feel like you are absolutely going crazy. And this big secret that you're supposed to be keeping has so many emotions that come with it. You can feel like you are drowning in your emotions, but to be able to deny it within the home and keep the secret outside of the home, there can be no outlet for these emotions. And so they can get trapped inside of you and they stay trapped inside of you. They stay trapped inside of your body and they are super unhealthy because then they start to fester. And there's a whole bunch of things I could say about that, but that's like its own multi-series podcast episode, right? Or series of episodes. And so because you cannot acknowledge your emotions or examine them in any way, you can end up misinterpreting what is happening. So let's break this down more. Um, our left brain, I'm going to go brainy on you for a minute, but hopefully the analogy that I have come up with is going to be really helpful for you. Um, our left brain is the part of our, the half of our brain that wants <coughs> to make sense of things. And it's the part of our brain that likes sequencing and order and lists and for everything to get checked off and go in order. It's like engineering and straight lines and all that stuff. Whereas the right side of our brain is creative and it wants swirls and it wants to do whatever feels right next and nothing is linear and it's all a burst of color in a random pattern that feels amazing. And the right side is a lot more about feeling things, okay? So information comes to our brain, and this is kind of like a rudimentary understanding of it, but information comes to our brain from our body in to the right side. And then the right side collects all these pieces of information. And I'm just going to call them change. It's like collecting loose change. And then the left side is like, well, I've got some loose change. Let's make a story out of it. Let's, and it's not like you're lying to yourself, but like, let's put together the pieces of information that I have and attempt to make it make sense. Because who doesn't want to make sense of their life? Exactly. Like, I want to make sense of my life. But hello, that's probably why I'm in the career that I'm in where I analyze so much stuff because I want to understand it. I think it's super interesting. And, you know, you're listening because you want to make sense of your life too, right? And so it's the left part of our brain that takes all the random change, which is the bits of information um, from the right side and filters it across to the left and then like makes it make sense. So <coughs> let's say that because of the family secrets, you have less information about what happened in your family that caused it to be the way it is. The messed up stuff or the messed up one thing that happened that caused all this destruction that you were trying to figure out and heal within yourself. Um, you know, you have less of the information because of family secrecy. And so rather than having a full dollar, you know, the whole story, you know, like 100 pennies or four quarters, you know, like whatever combination of change it would take for the left brain to get to the correct, accurate, real story your right brain does not have all the change. It only has 37 cents of the change. And you're taking like a story that you sort of remember from your neighbor when you were 10. You're saying a, 
you're taking a passive piece of information that your mom mentioned for Thanksgiving like two years ago. You're taking your memories of your childhood, um, which is only like 50 cents worth, and you're taking, um, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go along, like something from health class in your senior year of high school that um, your health teacher told you about like families of alcoholics, but you don't remember the whole thing, but you remember part of it. So you're taking like those pieces of information which are not a full dollar, and now your left brain is making an answer. But the left brain answer, the story that the left brain comes up with, is missing so many of the so many of the pieces of information that the right brain needs. And the right brain can't find it because it's it's under cloak and dagger. It's under secrecy. And so now the story that you tell yourself about what happened is a lie. And you're not trying to lie to yourself. You just came to the wrong conclusion given the best amount of information that you have. And so now you move forward in your life with this set of information. And so if your family has a secret that it kept when you were a kid and within the household that you lived in, that story was denied, that truth was denied, and so it increases your stress and it makes you feel crazy and you had all these emotions. And because you had all these emotions that you couldn't really process, they got shoved down and they never made it to the right brain to process because you literally were not allowed to do that. And the more that you process an emotion, um, you like get to the next layer of the next emotion that's underneath it. And then you can get to the emotion that's underneath that one, like a stratosphere of all of these layers, like um, layers on the Earth's crust, kind of like with geology. So once you get through the first layer of emotions, you can go to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And the deeper you go, the more understanding that you get. But because you couldn't even get through the first layer of emotion, because that was so scary and so dangerous in your house, you are now using 37 cents worth of information to make your left brain come up with a story. And so having family denial within your home makes you think things that probably weren't really what happened. And so if you are working on understanding yourself and understanding your family history, you have to be open to changing truths that you thought were real. You have to be open to considering that when a new piece of information comes in, it could be true but that it might upset truths that you have assumed for a very, very long time. So a really random example is coming to me right now. So I remember being in elementary school and opening up my lunch and eating it. And it was a lunch that my mom had made me. And this other kid who wasn't really my friend, but he wasn't my enemy and he wasn't a bully. Like we lived like three blocks from each other and I thought he was nice and we were like, we were fine with each other, right? But we didn't run in the same circles. And he was like, oh, are you on a diet? And my whole life, I assumed that he thought that I was overweight in elementary school because he said, oh, are you on a diet? So I told my friend <coughs> this story as an adult. And I told her what was in my lunch. And my mom is like super healthy. And she's always been super healthy. And she always prefers healthy food. Like it tastes better to her. She doesn't even want to eat chocolate or anything that, you know, like mainstream America would consider delicious. She just wants to eat vegetables all day. That's who she is. And so it was probably like carrots and this super healthy sandwich and like an apple. It was probably this, like this super healthy lunch, like good on my mom for feeding that to me. And my friend said to me, the, probably the only time that he saw a person eating like that is when they were on a diet. And so he just assumed. And I was like, what? That kid that I didn't have a problem with didn't think that I was fat in elementary school? What? And it totally blew my mind. And it made me totally rethink my perception of how he perceived me and how other people perceived me in relation to my weight as a young child. And 
that's a really simple thing, but because it's related to weight, it's not necessarily simple, right? And so when you get a new piece of information, you have to be willing to consider that it totally will change what the left part of your brain spits out as a story. And you have to be willing to adjust it. <coughs> okay, it is really common to be at a family event and have the, this kind of stuff kind of rear its head. And so if you don't get together with your family that frequently, or um, you do, like either way, sometimes it can just like be more intensified when it's like a big deal, right? And so the family secrets can kind of get rubbed up against, like someone might ask questions about them and then the person that's being asked who wants to keep the secrets and keep them locked down is like, why are you bringing that up? We don't talk about that. Or, you know, whatever happens. And so more feathers can get ruffled about all of these family secrets when it is time to do important family things, like the 4th of July or um, baby blessings or birthday parties or what is coming up, Thanksgiving and Christmas, but first is Thanksgiving. And so you might be starting to think about what I'm saying in reference to the upcoming Thanksgiving, if you're going to spend it with people. Because I know this year, some people aren't going to do anything with other people, you know, that they don't live with, and some people are going to still do things. And so you can be thinking about like, okay, this is the kind of stuff that always happens. This person tries to bring that up. That person tries to talk about this. And it can feel unsettling. You can start to feel kind of nervous or anxious about it, anticipating the psychological patterns and conversations that your family tends to fall into. And so I made the Codependence Holiday Planner to help you with all of that stuff. Um, you guys know, if you've been listening to me, that the Codependence Holiday Planner is a workbook that I made for you. And I really just wanted to help you have an in-hand object in front of you when I couldn't be there to help you, right? I couldn't be with you having the conversation, walking you through it. I could help more people if I made this and then you guys went out and got it for yourselves. And so it's supposed to help you figure out what do I actually want? Where am and how am I setting my boundaries so that I'm not in situations that make me uncomfortable that I always hate? How can I um, handle taking better care of myself this Thanksgiving and this Christmas or any of the other, you know, events and holidays that you're engaged in or any of the other things. And so you can get this online. The link is either in my show notes and it's a really weird link. It's not going to like be easy to say where you're going to remember it because it's like dot slash this, whatever. So it's in the show notes or it's in my Instagram account. And if you click on my bio, and then go into the link, the um, the hyperlink there, it will show you Codependence Holiday Planner and you can go to the website and get it. And I kept it affordable on purpose because I wanted it to be accessible for everyone. So it's just $25 to help you figure out what you really want this holiday. And we all know that sometimes codependent people have a hard time deciding what they actually want. And then how... How do you set the boundary again, Vanessa? How do I actually do it? I've got several pages in there on about setting the boundaries. So you can go check that out and get it sooner than later if you're considering getting it for Thanksgiving because you will want to give yourself time to work through some of it so that you've done it before people start talking about Thanksgiving plans so that you know what boundaries you're setting and what you don't want to do so that you actually have it dialed in before Thanksgiving. But even getting it later will still be helpful, but sooner is better. Okay, so let's continue talking about the impact of a family with secrets. Let's talk about kids a little bit. Okay, sometimes a kid in this situation is going to internalize the problem. They're going to internalize this secret and they're going to blame themselves. Other times, 
the kid goes external and they push it out on the world and they get mad at the world. It's more likely and more common for girls to internalize it and make it about themselves and for boys to externalize it and make it about anger at the world. So if the person internalizes it, it can look like this is my fault. There is a core problem with me and that looks like a self-esteem issue and a self-worth issue and they question if they matter. They question if they're worthy. It can look like an eating disorder um, because, you know, part of, okay, one, I'm not an expert on eating disorders, so know that. I know, like, very little in terms of a therapeutic level, um, but my perception of it is that if you're not eating, you know, is that aspect of the eating disorder type, you're kind of trying to make yourself disappear, which is, again, a question of, do I matter? And then self-esteem and this blame turned inward could look like depression because you're questioning, do I matter? And it can also look like anxiety because all of the flurry of thoughts around how do I matter and do I matter and whose fault is this and um, trying to figure out if it's me. The externalized anger where you externalize the problem to the world um, more often with boys, but not always, is going to look like fighting. It's going to look like bucking the rules. It's going to look like getting in trouble with teachers and other students at school. It's going to look like having problems getting along with people um, once they're teenagers or, you know, starting to spend more time on their own, you know, away from home without the parents with them. They can start looking like um, breaking the law in some minor ways or some major ways. And it can just be anger at the world. And kids who have to keep secrets, um, I, I mean, I've talked about a lot of the stress and the buried emotions that are involved. So the, the those kids that are putting it outward are expressing all those emotions outward. And then the ones that go inward are putting all of those emotions on themselves as if they deserved all those emotions and they're bad for it. And they're taking it upon themselves, although neither of them are responsible for the problem that is happening. It is very usually an adult in the home who is causing the problem. Um, and then they're dealing with all these emotions, but it's not getting processed or talked about. And so then it's squirting out in the wrong direction. Um, and when these kids grow up, if they're not given an outlet to process this stuff, it can feel like an ingrained belief of, I'm not good enough. It's my fault. No one listens. No one is trustworthy. I'm always mad. The world is against me. The universe is against me. And it can be this internalized message that just becomes the truth, and then it can get buried underneath so many layers of life experiences that, and emotions that they don't even recognize that they are having that belief system. It just becomes this internalized truth that they think everybody else also thinks. It's like breathing air. Now, for some people, it's not buried that deep. It's not as deep. They're aware that they believe that, which is less digging for them to do to up <coughs> to upearth it and figure it out. Okay, let's talk about the next generation if the family secret has been mostly kept or absolutely kept. So these kids that had to keep this family secret and it was mostly or absolutely kept, they grow up they bring with them this internalized or externalized, you know, like belief about it. And they have problems trusting their gut instincts and they question their reality because they don't know. All that stuff followed along with them. And now they're adults and they have kids. Maybe they even have grandkids. So what if the next generation doesn't know the secret? 
Okay, first of all, the next generation feels the presence of something, but they don't understand it. And so just like the right brain not having enough of the change to create a story, they don't have a full dollar that gives the whole story, the next generation feels that something is up and they don't have enough of the change to make the real story understood. So they again make up their own story because no one's talking about it. So they maybe observe unusual or strange or weird or just nonsensical behaviors coming from their parents or their aunts or anybody in the family that was keeping this secret. Anybody in the family that was keeping these secret, um, you know, grew up and became one of those adults that didn't believe in themselves or questioned their worth or, you know, was mad all the time, like all that stuff that I said. Now their parents and their parenting from that place and you can't believe those things about yourself without having some psychological oddities and things that you do to cope. And so they become like usually the unhealthy coping mechanism. But sometimes the kids are just like, yeah, my mom's weird. She does blah, blah, blah. Or my dad does this and I don't really understand why, right? So they observe these patterns in their parents that really don't make any sense to them, but they're not really given any context for why the parent does that. Um, again, because they don't have the whole story, they may internalize it as being about them. Those weird coping mechanisms that my parents do, which kids are just going to call they're being weird or they're doing that thing again, right? Um, they're going to internalize that probably as being about them because part of the human um, cycle of development involves being self-centered to understand yourself. And so at those phases of childhood, the kid is going to think that somebody else's behavior is about them doing something wrong. And so then the kid can internalize, this is my fault. And then they can feel lost in their own family because things don't make sense. So now if you age this up, where now this person, this kid is an adult and um, the, f the generation above them kept the family secret. Now they're, they're growing up, maybe they've got kids, and, but grandma, you know, the mom kept the secret, great grandma kept the secret. No one's talking about it, but something is up and that feeling of offness continues to be there. And then because the adult, especially in our times where people are talking more about family secrets. So now this adult kid who doesn't know the secret, but knows something is up, keeps pounding on their parents' metaphorical door. Will you tell me what is going on? And they are asking in all these different ways. And then the parent just keeps putting up these walls of, you know, they're, they're deflecting or they're getting mad or they're pushing them away or... and. Parents can poo-poo this, you know, in, <coughs> excuse me, I'm talking so much today, way more than I have in the last few weeks. And so my voice is starting to get like kind of raw in the back of the throat. So there's so much that they're trying to keep back, but they can do it in a kind way. They can be passive aggressive. So they're not being mean, but they're like kind of putting them off. And, or they could be really direct and be like, I'm not talking about that. They can shut down and withdraw. They can be explosive and angry and don't ever bring that up again. Like all of these things can happen. And so these adult children are just feeling lost because they don't understand what's going on in their family and why it's so effed up sometimes. Just so effed up sometimes. I'm laughing at myself because I say fuck on this podcast all the time and I didn't say it. <laughs> and so, so frequently, the scenario that I'm talking about right now is exactly the scenario that you are in. Maybe you were raised in the family that had the secrets, but maybe it was your parents' generation that had the secrets. And you're still waiting for those secrets to come out because you, you know there's something and you want to understand it. And if you feel that there is something there, 
I'm going to tell you, you should probably trust your gut, even if you've been trained to deny your gut, even if you've been trained to ignore your intuition because you had to, because that was what your family was expecting of you. I have worked with so many people when a family secret was revealed to them or they just asked about it and the family broke down and shared it, they were like, oh my God, this answers questions I did not know that I had. This has happened in the life of my friends. This has happened in the lives of my clients. And it was painful for the person to share because that means you have to look at the emotions and the truth of it. But it was also incredibly healing because suddenly things that were confusing that didn't seem connected suddenly became clear and they became connected and you were like, oh, now I understand why it was that way. And there's so many times where we want to heal ourselves, but we don't know what to do. Revealing the secrets is actually the most freeing thing. It, it will be painful because there are so many bottled up emotions involved and not everyone in the family is going to be willing to do it. But the people that are interested in healing and talking should find each other and they should be talking to each other. I have, um, I don't know if I've really talked about this on the podcast. Um, I have a history of working in adoption. I for a brief period in my career, helped birth parents um, plan their adoption and helped the adoptive parents get ready to adopt and kind of train everybody and counsel everybody and help them pick each other so that they would be a good match for what they wanted for their adoption. And one of the things that we talk about in adoption a lot is that this does not need to be a secret. We want open adoptions rather than closed adoption. And closed adoptions are often kept secret in some way from somebody for a period of time or forever. Whereas open adoptions, there's some form of communication with the birth parents. So of course the kid knows that there's an adoption and that they came from another family, but then this family is raising them. And so there's actually a lot of um, conversations that I've had with people about things related to secrets and why secrets are destructive um, and training people on, even though it might be painful for you, it's actually better for the kids if they know their whole story um, and that it helps them understand themselves so that they can move forward um, knowing who they are even the tough parts. And so when you bring up the secret, it can now reveal the emotion so that emotion can be healed, so that you can then make the connections, so that you can then move to the next layer of what you need to process in your life. And talking about it begins the healing, even in a simple way. And talking about it does not mean you like go out and tell everyone in the universe or broadcast it somewhere what the family secret is. You need to reveal it to people that you trust. Maybe it's just one person. Maybe it's a therapist or some other professional or um, like some sort of religious leader or a life coach. Maybe it is your best friend. Um, maybe it is you know, like the one other cousin or sibling in your family who also seems like they want to know what's up. Maybe you're talking about it with your spouse or your partner. But it does, it's not like this secret needs to go everywhere. It just needs to begin where you acknowledge its existence because when you keep something tied up in yourself for so long, it, um, it festers and you don't know how to talk about it. And so talking about it with a lot of people would be exhausting and confusing. So it's actually better if you just talk about it with one person or a few people, because then 
you learn how to talk about it by talking about it with them. Um, and again, talking about it, even with one person, is going to help you demystify family behaviors and secrets simply by you just talking about it. You're going to be able to make the connections simply by processing those emotions and simply by being able to say it, you're going to be able to figure it out or acknowledging it in your own mind and figuring it out. Um, you can't understand what you are never allowed to talk about or acknowledge. And so when you begin acknowledging it and talking about it, you can begin to understand it. Family secrets destroy families. And so um, open up your family secrets in ways that feel safe to you because they do actually heal generations um, of the people that come after you because they no longer have to carry the confusion of those secrets into the next generations because it just keeps going and the confusion just compounds. And then when all the people who are dead, when all the people who know the secret are dead, the confusion still exists and people don't know why the pattern was there to begin with. And so work on it while people are still here with you so that you can do as much as you can. You are all amazing. You are all wonderful. I know that this was a longer episode and that meant that I went super deep. So if you're in love with how deep I go, um, I'm glad that this was a great episode for you. And for those of you who don't like going this deep, um, I don't know how you stand my podcast because that's all I want to ever do. But I am glad that all of you are here and that all of you are willing to work on yourselves because I believe that working on yourself and making yourself a better person, um, you know, really does help heal the entire world. My dear, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified.